you're right. Today is May 29, 2022. We are reading from the big book of AA, pages 84. Holly will be our reader, uh, followed by a 20-minute share by AJ. Uh, so, uh, Holly, would you uh, like to begin reading? Hi, I'm Holly, and I am a compulsive overeater. And page 84 in the big in the big book. And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. For by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If we if tempted, we recoil as if from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally. And we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude towards liquor has been given us without any thought or, eff or effort and our part, on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it. Neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we had become, we had been placed in the position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. You're muted, Michael. You know what? I will always do that, folks. So thank you for that. Uh, AJ, uh, uh, would you like a five-minute warning? Uh, would that be helpful? You know, I have a watch right in front of me, but if I go on, sure. Okay, fine. And hopefully I will unmute myself and uh, let you know. All right. Gonna, <laughs> thank you. I'm for 1030. Um, I'm AJ, I'm a compulsive overeater, and of course I'm nervous because that's who I am. I'm a bundle of anxiety that I try to hide all the time. And um, maybe I can't hide it, maybe y'all can tell all the time, but when Kim asked me to read this, I always say yes to Kim, to anyone in program, if there's service, if you need a anything, because um, I'll just do whatever I'm told, whatever I'm asked, no matter what it is. Just because this is it for me. Uh, I mean, I don't even know how far back to go. I'm not going to go back till I was nine. I'm 63 now. Um, writing my food down, trying to control it, trying to have willpower over it. It's been a lifelong torture for me. And uh, well, I mean, I'm sure everyone, a lot of people understand that. But um, so I, when I said it ceased fighting anything or anyone. I'm like, yeah, sure, Kim. Um, I don't think so. But since then, I read it and read it, and I listened to a ton of podcasts. And uh, I'll talk about what I do every day later. I don't know if that'll help anyone, but it's kind of how I get through. Um, I started to read it and read it and then go back to the big book. And I read uh, my favorite passage, page eight. Uh, well, not my favorite, but that's like mm, 76 pages ago. Bill's story. No words can tell of the loneliness and despair I found in that bitter morass of self-pity. 
Quicksand stretched around me in all directions. I had met my match. I had been overwhelmed. Alcohol was my master. That's it. That's all I have to say about my life. Um, morass, like those big landslides. I can hear someone chatting. Uh, those big landslides you see on the Weather Channel, that was it for me when it came for food. And then 76 pages later, this can be for any of us. If I can get here, the miracle of me being here, um, we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. How could I have gone to page eight to page 76? For this time, sanity will have returned. So there's the word sanity. So not only my food problem, which I had like scarlet letter on my head, but my mental health. It was obvious to me I had serious mental health issues my whole life, horrible mental health um, problems that um, would scare you if I told you about them, but they were all interconnected with my food problem. And I didn't see that. All I needed was a good diet, right? Good diet, and then I could deal with my mental health. So many counselors. So I read that sanity will have returned. Now I'm interested now. For seldom be, we will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it. And um, I'm an art teacher and I have these hot glue guns and I burn myself all the time. And I always think about, ah, recoil from it. I always think about my food problem. I always think about, I'm not gonna do that again. And then I burn myself again. Uh, we react sanely, sanely again. So this is my favorite, my new favorite paragraph. It has happened automatically. I don't get up every day and white knuckle it. And how did that happen? Yes, I've been very sick all week with COVID. Um, today, I, I find myself coughing less and feeling less nauseous, but um, I was home a lot. And I found myself sitting there reading, listening to podcasts, being with my dogs and reading a lot, 12 steps and spiritual books. I thought I could never do this before. Just sit and read and concentrate. I was always either fighting food or not trying to sneak into the closet. I was a sneaker eater. I wasn't like a big kind of like nice meal eater with you know forks and knives and you know 10 courses. I was a don't eat all day and then sneak into the cabinet to get whatever steel crumbs were on the floor of the cabinet. And um, so yesterday I had a whole day with my dogs reading this new book I bought thinking, how is this? How is this? How did this happen? And that's what happened. It just comes. It's the miracle of it. I'm not fighting it or I'm avoiding temptation. Well, I mean, I don't go to like, you know, ice cream parlors and dessert places. I don't go places looking for trouble. I have a very abstinent, safe, healthy life. But um, we feel as though we had been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not sworn off. Instead, the problem has removed. It's not like I can't have that. I just don't want it. It doesn't exist for us. I'm not cocky, but I'm not afraid because God is with me. I'm safe and protected as long as God is with me. So um, when I was um, in college, <laughs> I'm 63, I won't go way, way back, but um, a lot of drinking, a lot of eating and all that good stuff. And um, I did a lot of things to try to control my weight. I joined a crew team. You had to be under 130. I thought that would keep my weight under, but all the beer I drank didn't help. So I finally found a way and I got abstinence September 2nd, 1980. And my first sponsor to do whatever she told me to do. And she said, AJ, if you drink, you can't be abstinent. So I was like, all right, Sally, 
I'm not drinking. And I've said since then, I'm not an alcoholic. Well, that's a little bit of a BS, I think, because it's progressive. If I drank now, 41 years later, it wouldn't be pretty. And I'm so grateful to her. So grateful, not only because of the food and the sugar, but because she said that to me. And I think it's the responsibility of sponsors to give you the truth, even if it's hard, even if it's hard to hear. This is serious. This is deadly. It'll kill you. So I was perfectly abstinent on the gray sheet, wearing and measuring without exception for seven solid years. And I was, I was good. I was 100%, except for this last line in this paragraph. That is how we react as long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. And I know for a fact I didn't do any of this back then. Uh, before Zoom, I had a big book that I threw away because I had no need for it. Nice old big book, the ones from the 80s. I threw it away. And um, I just didn't know. I had not a clue. I did the steps, I think, if I can remember correctly. But my relapse was unspeakable. And I do share it with some people. But um, it was not good. So... Um, and then I ate for 30 years. I did every diet possible. All I needed was a diet. So last March, of course, my, my marriage is always on the rocks. I've been married for 30 years. And uh, my, my counselor, I said to my counselor, when my husband and I were in ACOA, we got along so well, we found, fell in love. We were in a 12-step program. She said, why don't you go back? So much of last year, I looked for ACOA programs, couldn't find one, desperate. I went to an OA meeting and I've been absent ever since. And I owe my life to this program. And it's possible. If it's possible for me, it's possible for anyone to stop eating for a period of time. We've all dieted. It's just, we can do it if we have the will to try. Um, so that's my story. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for every time I'm hungry. People are afraid to be hungry. I'm so grateful to be hungry. I was never hungry. I was always full. My stomach was always either full or I was restricting. And then when I was, I had kind of scared this week because I was throwing up. I was sick as a dog. I had COVID and I couldn't eat. But then I was like, no, it's fine. This is not your illness. This is COVID. It's, an, it's a worldwide epidemic. So um, <clears throat> I didn't, it just kind of passed. I'm starting to eat healthy again. Um, I feel weak. I mean, I'm old. I'm 63. It's going to hit me funny. But in a way, I was grateful. How can I say that? I desperately needed time off from work. My, my work is insane. I work with very um, crazy middle school kids. And it's funny, unless you're, unless you're a teacher and you see what has happened to kids these days. And I really needed time away. And be careful what I asked for, because now I realize that working my daily steps, and I'll, I'll go over that real quick before I have to stop. Working my daily routine, I need those kids those crazy people I work with. I need every bit of insanity that I come up with so I can work my steps. So I can go down and work on my pause and agitating and doubtful ask. So I can do this all day so that I can write down my, you know, all of my issues with the kids, right? <laughs> Those poor kids, they're just children. Um, I can write down, you know, and at the end of the night, I have plenty to write about with my evening review. And I, I write about selfishness, my number one, my number one. Dishonesty, I don't know so much. Maybe I'm too into denial, but resentment is dishonesty and fear. That's the core of me. And I didn't come here for a personality change. I came here to be done with my food. 
And I thought that's all I needed. I didn't realize how badly I needed a personality change, that I lived my life angry, bitter, really a tornado going through everybody's lives. I don't even know how people hung out with me. I was such a bitch, so critical, so critical of people in my head. I don't even, people at meetings, good thing I didn't say anything. I'm like, oh, did that thing, you make that. I was like, oh my God. And I'm so aware of it now. When I first started meetings, I thought, wow, these people are really, really nice to each other. What is wrong with these people? Because I just didn't have that in my life. I didn't know that you could be kind and tolerant and loving to each other. I just didn't know that. I thought you had to say whatever you thought, whenever you thought it. And I'm realizing no. And suddenly, like I was a my most recent sponsor. I've had two sponsors. I've gone through the steps twice and I'm about ready to do it again. I have two sponsees and uh, terrified of sponsoring because I'm so afraid I'll mess them up and um, that I won't be a good sponsor. But these things I have to do. I have to sponsor. I have to work with people. I have to talk at meetings, even though I'm like terrified. Um, we have to do that. I have to do this. So um, I'll talk about my daily thingy dingy before I have to stop because what I do whatever my sponsors tell me to do. And they've been wonderful. I love my sponsors. This, the last one I love more than I can even say. And I don't know if she's here or not, but I did whatever she told me to do. Everything she told me to do. I didn't say, well, I don't pick that food. I wonder. I just did whatever she told me to do. And my, my schedule was insane. As a teacher, you rarely find time to go to the bathroom. And that's not an exaggeration. So when I get up, I go, I listen to my podcast on the way to work. That's my own awakening. I do this. And she's like, no, no. So I set my alarm 15 minutes earlier than that, which was ridiculous time of the day. And I have a notebook. I've, I wanted a store. I bought many notebooks, one in the bathroom, one in um, my car, one in downstairs. And I have three big books, one up here, one um, in the bathroom. I know the bathroom sounds funny, but it's my oasis. I get up, I drink coffee, I sit on the floor and I have my 15 minutes that turns into like 20 or 30 minutes with God. And I thought, well, what do you do? I'm going to write down what my sponsor does. It didn't work that way. I kind of just have a whole bunch of paperwork and all my big books and all the stuff I've gathered and my for today and I read and I write. And it's really quiet and I listen. So I pray and I listen. And that's what I do for the, for, for the morning. And then during the day, I do the Oh, P-A-R-S, my sponsor said, pause when agitated or doubtful. And for the most part, I do this even when kids are painting the chairs with their hands, um, no exaggeration. Um, I ask for an intuitive thought. I turn to the board and I say, I am no longer running this show. That's for sure. And then I say that I will be done. I mean, what's the harm? I'll clean up after school. I just, there's something going on with them. And then in the car, I have my other big book tucked away in case I don't make it home in time for a sponsee call. And then let me see what time it is. Um, and then um, I make two phone calls because she said to call people. And I said, I'd rather do anything than call people because I don't like people. I like dogs. I don't want to be around people. They don't want to talk to me. I don't know what to say to them. And it's been the best thing. I have found people who I love so much who are probably never going to meet. California, um, Texas, just people who I've been searching for my whole life who I identify with, who know me, who I know them, who I love. And I tell them, I love you. I, I don't even tell my husband that. And so I call them and I love it. And then I meet with the sponsee. 
I eat dinner, I do the evening review. Now the evening review, I hate it, right? Because I don't wanna look at all my mess ups, but you know what, it's the only way for me to change and I need to change. How was I resentful? You can get these sheets anywhere. They can be simple, they can be in your head, they could be on a post-it. How was I selfish? Yes. Was I thinking of myself? Yes. I think I always think of myself all day. I don't know what to say about that. Um, so I go through this and then I remember I'm not supposed to drift into morbid reflection. So that's a good thing for me to remember, right? I'm a piece of this, I'm a piece of that. Well, okay, say, so wait a minute. I call and apologize if I have to, I try to do better the next time. What could I have done better? And selfish, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinking of myself, of course I am. Of course I'm thinking of myself. I always think of myself, but I find myself little bits of, without me even trying, things that are different with me. Like yesterday, my brother who abused me as a child, he was my abuser, oh, whole nother story. And uh, he was texting us how afraid he is of getting COVID. Here I am sick, but my other brother's sick. And here's this other guy worried about himself. So I just said, you know what? Just enjoy your day. Enjoy your day because we're all going to get it. Try to have a good day. Try not to worry. You'll be well. And I was like, oh my God, am I really saying that to my brother? And I was like, yeah, I'm really saying that to my brother that abused me because he is sick as, as I am. Whenever I say I'm praying for this sick person, I am a sick person. So it's not like, oh, they're sick. Yes, I am a sick person. I am just as sick as other people are. So step one through nine, the willpower I didn't have around food, but the will that I have is here and making steps to improve myself, right? So here is where I'm looking for emotional sobriety, which I never thought in a million years would even be in my wheelhouse because always act out on anger, always lash out at people. And I need to avoid emotional hangovers. Somehow avoid them, even just walk away because I can't afford that. Even if it's justified, I'm not well enough for justified anger. I see people angry. I'm like, oh, wow, that person's angry. They're okay with being angry. How come they can be angry? Because I can't. I am not capable of that. I am protected. But self-restraint is my biggest priority. And I read a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts, AAOA, anything. I, like, I listen to funny podcasts. I listen to podcasts at work. I have my headphones on. The kids think I'm listening to some crazy music. I listen to A Vision for You. I go walking. I remember when I first started, I was listening to The Vision for You, the same people until I memorized it, walking around the campus at school. And, you know, I know that I need to go and improve myself so much more and I need to conquer my fears. And, but I can't do it hiding in my house. I thought that I could be alone and retire and that would be it. I'd be all set. I wouldn't have anybody to deal with, but then I wouldn't change. I wouldn't grow. I would just be, I don't know, an absent old lady with my puppies. You know, I, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't be of use to the world. I wanna be a useful person and I wanna be a better sponsor I'm terrified of sponsoring, but I know that that is not optional, that I have to reach out to newcomers. And my sponsor, my, I'll wrap up. My most recent sponsor said, you don't have to tell them what to do. You just share your experience. That's all I do. Just, this is what I did with food. This is how I recovered. This is what I do. Um, you know, I go to a ton of meetings. I take it very seriously. I don't 
go to a meeting on the weekend. I don't call my sponsor when, when it's convenient. And I know I don't want to be critical of people, but do everything you can. And that's kind of what I had to do. I don't know about other people, but um, everything I have to do, I do. And everything people suggest, I do. I don't take a, I don't pick and choose what people suggest. And um, I watch for, for myself, my character defects. I have prayer cards everywhere. And I mean, maybe I don't have to do all that. Maybe I can, oh, and I'm going on a retreat. So I have that morning meditation, the nightly review. I've been doing my, my four step. I've done it twice so far. And I'm going to an OA retreat. I'm already packing. It's the end of June, but um, I can't wait. They, I mean, it's OA. I could bring my food. I could bring all my big books and I could talk to people. And I'm so excited. I'm even, I'm even excited, even though I hate camping, even though I hate, you know, being outside and whatever, but I'm definitely going to go and I'm going to go as many retreats as I can. And I'm very excited about that. So this program has saved my life and um, still the annoying tornado going through people's lives, but every day I'm getting better. And I really am grateful to have spoken. It's the first time I've spoken at a meeting since March. I shouldn't tell you that for a year. I've been terrified of doing it. Here I am at this meeting doing it, but I'm really grateful. I'm going to be at the newcomer meeting. Don't be afraid to do things people ask you to do. I was terrified of the newcomer meeting. I love it now. I love it. It's my favorite thing in the world to do. So just say yes and, and face your fears. I don't know. That's my only advice for today. Say yes and face your fears. That's it for me. God bless.